Hey gang, what's going on? Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Here we are. We've brought back again Bill Schultz from the morning show on Compound Media. Morning with Bill and Joanne every day, Monday through Thursday. But we flipped the script. How do we do that? We have Bill sitting in the co-host chair. Good God, King, this is going to be a slobber knocker. Why? Because Kevin Israel is going to gut the sacred cow. That's right. We're flipping roles, flipping the script. Kevin Israel is going to come gut the shining. Before we get to it, a few things, of course. GuttingTheSacredCow.com. Every day, new articles. Find the links where to find us. All that good stuff. My podcast links, YouTube links, merch store. Grab a shirt, grab a hat, grab a tote bag. GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com. If you want to advertise with us, we've got a brand new advertiser today. You're going to hear all about how do they reach us. GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com. Keep the five-star ratings and two-sentence reviews coming in. Thank you so very much. We always share those on social media. Also, speaking of social media, GTSC Podcast on Facebook. Sorry, on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram. It's Gutting the Sacred Cow. And if you wear some of our merch, take a picture of yourself. Send it to us, and we'll gladly put you on social media. Without further ado, here is Kevin Israel, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Gather round is what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah, turn it right now. Yeah, that doesn't matter because we're gutting the sacred cow. Yeah, you know, Jack Burton always says at a time like this, who? Jack Burton, me. Old Jack always says, what the hell? Kevin Israel, another finger roll because, you know, finger roll layup for you. Go ahead. I'm not the co-host. You have to throw that once you're co-host. Oh, that's uh right. Welcome. He's big big trouble. I'm little time. Kevin Goatee here, Kevin Israel, gutting the sacred cow, that voice, that nasally voice that you heard oh. the third time, Bill Schultz from Morning with Bill and Joanne. Bill, how are you today? Thanks so much for having me, guys. I was very much looking forward to this. I apologize that I'm ruining your NBA action right now. Oh, you're not ruining my I, NBA uh, action. That, 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 you might as well put that on the Christian channel for me and Kevin. <laughs> That's uh, but today though we have a special twist. So at the beginning, I gave a quote of the uh, film. Does my co-host for this episode want to announce what film that is from? Well, wait. The quote you just did was from Big Trouble in Little China. Well, that means that Bill Bill has answered as co-host because we are oh. switching roles today. We're doing a heel turn like no other. This is like Stone Cold shaking Vince McMahon's hand. We are switching the tables. We are going to try this a couple of times. Kevin Israel is not going to be co-host for today. I invited invited one of our favorite guests, as we all know, Bill Schultz from The Morning Show and Compound Media every day, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 11 a.m., to come on and be a co-host of me. But Kevin Israel has picked a film to gut. Kevin Israel, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, I am so juiced up. I am ready to go. You're like so, the opposite of Kubrick. So <laughs> entertaining. Zing. 
Funny, this wow. is our, this wow. is our, this is our, this is our second Kubrick film we're doing on this podcast. 2001: A Space Odyssey by J.L. Call then was done, and ironically, also Kevin Israel made it as worst film ever seen. But yes. today, wow. but today, Kevin Israel sits in the guest chair, and he has chosen to take down the classic 1980s The Shining. Jack Nicholson, I mean, wow. This, this, is, this is one for the ages. A 1980s. go home. <laughs> Hence why he's wearing his castle, his uh, Punisher tank top. A 1980 budget of 15 million bucks, which brought in at the time a haul of 46.2 million. Now, translating the 2020 money, $47.1 million budget, a $145.2 million haul. That works. 3X plus ROI, not bad numbers. IMDB, Bill Schultz, as you know, is a scale through one through 10 with decimal points. What did The Shining get on IMDB? Uh, I would say blue. Is that the uh, correct one? Is color an option? Um, what was it? I'm asking for a guess, numb nuts. You've been on the show before. Well, one through 10, what's the number that IMDb I, I'm has? Gonna say, I'm going to say 10. You're going to think I got a perfect 10? Balls yeah. move. Kevin Israel, what did The Shining get? Eight, six. Eight, four. Ah. No one. What? What gets a 10? I don't even. I know for a fact Toy Story has a perfect Rotten Tomato score both sides. Kev, you're going to be happy about this. <laughs> Why? Perfect tens for tens on IMDb. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Yes. Okay. American Beauty. I the like Green it, but it's not a 10. I like it, but it's not a ten. Green Mile, more like the Brown Mile. Shawshank Redemption. I completely agree. Sure, of course. Forrest Gump. No. The oh. Godfather. I completely agree. Yeah. The Big Lebowski. Absolutely no, viciously wonderful. Disagree. That's great. Awful, 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 awful. Oh, awful, you awful, hate America. Awful. Oh, and Green Book. Here. Not a 10. It's good, but it's not a 10. Toy Story, Toy Story is an abysmal 8.3. That is a fucking crime against humanity. I will see you on trial at The Hague, you communist fucks. Well, I like well, Toy Story, but now I, I love Toy Story. You, you don't like The Big Lebowski. So I hate The Big Lebowski. It's a shitty movie. It is a shitty movie times five. We did it on this podcast. Ron Barber did an admirable job of taking that down. Oh, God. Critics, Rotten Tomatoes score is a one through 100 percentage score. Kevin Israel, we start with you now. Critics score, The Shining. What did it get? Um, uh, 88. Bill Schultz? I will go lower and say 70. 84. Critic score. God damn it. He's already ahead. Audience. Get used to it. Audience. Rotten Tomato score. Bill Schultz, you go first this time. Oh, boy. Uh, 75. Wow. Kevin Israel. 93. 93 on the nose! I thought there were a lot of dumb people like Israel and that they wouldn't like it. (laughs) They love this. People love this fucking film. I'm a little surprised on the critics who haven't had it lower than 90. Yeah, actually, so am I. I am too. 
But 93 for the audience is but right I, smack I, in the middle. Where I suck. So this is how it's going to work today, guys, before we move on to the quotes. Bill is going to sit, like I said, with me on co-host. And it's kind of we're kind of figuring out where he's going to go. But maybe Kevin Israel's argument will lean toward that. But Bill will be deciding if Kevin has got the sacred cow along with myself as opposed to his usual role in the guest chair. So here we go. Quotes. I mean, you have your obvious two. I'll say them just for the fucking sake of. Here's Johnny and Red Rum. The third one. I didn't remember because I, I saw this, I don't know how long ago, again, until the other night. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to smash your brains in. That jumped out at me. Good one. Good one. Uh, both are not in the book. Uh, here's Johnny was an improv yep. via one Jack Nicholson. Yep. And uh, the smash your brains one was like a last minute script revise that uh, I think Kubrick or his uh, assistant did. I forget her name. Because fucking women, you know? But, uh, yeah, she was, like, she assisted him on the whole thing. But, yeah, he was writing, like, uh, up until the end of the movie, he was changing everything. Yeah, it shows. <laughs> I just gave you a layup, god damn it. You were, like, his fucking, uh, you know, pit, Yari Curry to Wayne Gretzky, 85 Edmonton Oilers, Luke Robitaille to Gretzky, Mark Messier. How dare you do hockey references. I will, as a Rangers fan. Uh, as a Rangers fan, we had most of those guys on our team in the mid to late night, early to mid 90s, excuse me. Uh, Bill, any other quotes jump out at you from this film? Um, you, you, God, uh, you've always been here. You've always been the caretaker. Um, anything that Is that Jack really that, quotable, that line? Is it really? No, I, because I didn't know I was doing quotes. I thought you were going to do all that and I had comment. Um, but uh, let me think. Uh, come play with us, Danny. I mean, that always like sticks with you as far as those creepy twins that weren't supposed to be twins is concerned. Uh, anything. Well, and also, I know that Shelly Duvall had a shit. Well, oh, I forget. We're not supposed to swear. Had a lot of. Uh, no, no, you, had can, no, you can. You can. It's okay. It's we can. Uh, well, hold on. I want quotes. I don't want fucking backstory and all that shit yet. Stay in oh, the spot, Dan. You think he's um, never done the show before, Israel? My God, know, the difference know, between you and Joanne is stark and horrifying. She I was, like, like so she's my Shelly sharp Duvall. and focused. You forgot the word concise. Yeah, she doesn't know what that means. Too many syllables. Agenda base. Yeah. <laughs> quotes. I want quotes. This Kevin Israel. I immediately regret this decision. Uh, let's see. Uh, first of all, how dare you besmirch your co-host? Um, you miss me, don't you, Ken? Oh. <laughs> oh, God, you got me this. All right, Kevin, um, you, all right. any quotes from Go you? Ahead. Nothing else? Yeah, I got, I got one. All right. Here. Just a little problem with the old sperm bank upstairs. Good one. Good one. Not bad. Over I'm going to be saying that for the next month. I'm gonna, is, is Ashley in the house? Is that how you're going to refer to her? <laughs> over, under, number of shitty Nicholson references in this episode. I put it at four and a half. Over, <laughs> under. Put the over at minus I 150. I won't, <laughs> I, I won't impersonate him, I promise. I didn't say I wasn't. Yeah, I know you will. Five fun facts. The snow in the maze was not snow. It was 900 tons of salt and crushed styrofoam. Wow. That's right? where the budget was. a lot of styrofoam. Yeah. To properly set his mood, Nicholson ate only cheese sandwiches for two weeks prior to filming because he hates Ugh. 
cheese sandwiches. And apparently he hates shitting. Jesus. I was just going to say, why did he want to be constipated? No kidding. Ugh. I haven't taken good shit in four weeks. We're ready at two. <laughs> Here only, we go. Only Here two and a half go. more. <laughs> the, the, the under people are shitting their pants. The elevator scene was done in how many, how many takes do you think it got that took to get the elevator scene, the blood scene in the elevators? How many takes do you think it got to get right? Well, uh, I think the most takes were 168. So I'm going to go eh, 120. Israel, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do the old prices right and say they did it in one, three. But it took a year ah. to plan it, plan it out. Oh. How long did the "Here's Johnny" scene take to do, and how many doors did they go through while doing the scene? So I want, oh, I want days it took to do the scene, and I want number of doors. Three days, ten doors. Seven days, twelve doors. Three days. I want to go in the second. Three days is right for Bill Schultz. Yes. 60 doors. 60? Six oh. zero. I would love to see that, that footage of him just constantly. <laughs> Can you get the goddamn take already? <laughs> the scene where Wendy swung the bat at Jack Nicholson is in the Guinness Book of World Records. How many takes with spoken dialogue? So the most takes for a scene with spoken dialogue. How many takes to get that right? I thought that the most takes were uh, with Scatman Crothers, his Christian name, uh, with Danny, and that was 168. So I guess this one beat it. So I don't know, man. Like, I did not uh, see that in my five facts, but okay. One, one, uh, yeah, 168 was that. So all right, so that means it's lower. I'm going to go uh, 150. Israel. And you have a bad fact. Uh, 185. Maybe at the time it had this. 127 it took them to get that. I would. Seat, seat right. I was closer. That crew must have been so angry. Oh, no. God, yeah. No, 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 no. You know why? Because well, they were paid by the hour. Overtime. Gold, no, no, no. Golden yeah, time. <laughs> they were making like, come on. So what's happened? I just tripped over a court again. Oops. They're go Yeah. <laughs> it was like that scene in the airplane where Johnny pulls out the lights and all the lights go off on the runway. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big Tylenol with wings. Yeah. Oh, God, what a fucking classic. But listen, enough I'm of sure Israel hates that one too. But <laughs> oh, I love airplane. Thank you. Enough general, uh, enough general tomfoolery, chicanery, general horseplay, shenanigans. I can't believe I I'm like going to say words. this. Bill, you know the words. It's now time for, hey, gang, what's going on? Before we get into Kevin Israel gutting the sacred cow, we've got a new sponsor, and that's my bookie. Winning season returns at my bookie. It also means doubling your first deposit. It also means Survivor, Super Contest, and Squares. Winning season means winning all your parlays and your props with your feet up with a cocktail and watching your team trounce the rivals. It's NFL season in just a few short weeks. You know that's my time to shine. So here we are. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code SACREDCOW and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the game you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your bets. Win big. Collect free money. What's better than free money? 
Again, promo code SACREDCOW and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. And now, Kevin Israel guts the sacred cow, or at least tries to. My former co-host, Kevin Israel, too, got the sacred cow. This is going to be good. I'm not, you know what? I'm here to attack the disease, not the patient. Your so, job is to I, shut the yeah. fuck up and listen to his taste. Right, yeah, you know what? It's, um, can you turn his mic off? Is that an option? I can, no. actually. All right, first of all, some backstory. I have never, I never saw Shine, The Shining until last year. Uh, I was a, uh, I was always a big Stephen King fan, read a lot of his books, just never got around oh, to man. see The Shining. Uh, I think I always had it in the back of my head that it was going to be overrated, and I just never saw it. And then I decided uh, when they announced that um, Dr. Sleep was coming out, that I was going to read both books and see both movies. So I set out, and I, and I regret it. I wish I watched the movie first. Because I'm going to try very, very hard not to make this a book is better than the movie review. Even though because, I do that all the time. Yeah, and it, it's, <laughs> it's easy to slip into. I know. But I will say that, say with the caveat that Kubrick was working with a very, very well-formatted plot and source material that remaking that move, that book should have been really, really easy for him. That's my caveat. So I read the I, I read the movie I read the book saw the movie and I was stunned at how much I hated the movie. And I think when Goatee and I started doing this, I think I, I this might I might have seen it right before we started doing the podcast. And I said to him that at some point I want to gut this fucking movie. And I finally found a way to weasel my way into doing it. <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm very excited. So I'm gonna do the I'm gonna I broke my analysis into uh in, into uh, kind of two sections. I have uh, general thoughts and oh my God. typically this is the lawyer I, and I'm yeah Jesus. typically no 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 in fairness typically KG is the one who takes down all his specific notes and makes all his jokes and right. I do a much more broad overlook of the movies. It right. works out very well, but in this instance, I had to be uh, as specific as possible. And then I'm going to go into my overall problems with the uh, with the plot and with the cast. So, uh, uh, so I'm going to uh, so all right. So just starting from the the beginning of the movie, the slow dragging shot of the car driving through the forest is so overdone and boring with the music playing. We get it. It's a horror movie. We knew we were seeing a horror movie. You don't have to beat us over the fucking face with it. You know what would have been better? Why didn't you just have two minutes of black screen that we could have stared at? Oh, no, sorry. Some asshole already did that. All back. Um, and here's the other thing. That, mu that music suggests that Jack is already bad, that something bad is already happening. And this is going to be my first breaking of my rule to the, to the book, where in the beginning of the book, Jack is a likable guy. Jack is not crazy. Jack, you know, Jack is a little damaged. And you don't know exactly what's going to happen with Jack. I mean, I did because I knew the basic just story. And it was a slow evolution into crazy Jack Torns. So at that point, it, I, I think if they wanted to do the movie right, the music should have been light and happy because they were starting this new adventure. But instead, they had to beat you in the face with the fact that you were seeing a horror movie, which we already knew. Um, and then Kubrick, because we're all such fucking idiots, he has to show the audience 
a name of the chapter for every scene. He names every section of the, he, he makes it into a, a book, and yet he decided to completely ignore the book source material. So fuck you, Kubrick. Um, I loved, I, I, I love watching older movies that aren't that old, because when the guy, when the manager says, Susie, can you get us some coffee? <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Like you can't, that can't happen anymore. And it's right just- Right here, so, right here. <laughs> it's just so refreshing to see that like, oh, I remember those days. The only thing missing um, was a, the only thing missing was a pat on her ass as she walked yeah. to fetch the coffee. Right girl, be good. Run, run along honey, <laughs> to quote Bond and Goldfinger, run along honey, man talk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the minute they introduced, uh, Danny Torrance, they could, listen, I know finding child actors is tough and I know it's, 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 it's rigorous work and it's grueling and you're not going to find a kid who's always a fucking Oscar actor. They found the worst possible kid to play him. This kid, as we were talking about oh. before with oh. your co-host, Bill, Joanne, this kid has the deadest eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> His expression doesn't change throughout the whole fucking movie. You don't know if he's scared, upset, terrified, mad, angry on fucking Oxycontin. It's all the same to this kid. Whether or not he's playing with his mom or getting chased by a saggy titted ghost, he looks the same. <laughs> Um, and speaking of people who look the same, Jack Nicholson, didn't he win an Oscar for this? Did he win something for this? No, but, I don't think so, but I, I'll well, good. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't, he's, he's crazy from the start to the finish. He's just as crazy. And nobody on set said, Jack, that fucking thing with your eyebrows, relax. You're scaring everybody. And the movie just started. He, I feel like Jack Black looked at Jack Nicholson in this movie and was like, that's what I want to look like. That's what I'm going with for the rest of my career. Um, and then the manager sits down with, with Jack and starts to explain the history of uh, the Overlook Hotel. And he's basically telling Jack, by the way, you're in a horror movie. In case you didn't know this job, it's you're in a horror movie. You're going to die. Your kids, somebody's going to die. If you've ever seen a horror movie, this is a horror movie. Like it's so, this movie beats you in the face with foreshadowing. I don't even think it's foresh, it's like seven shadowing. It's so fucking painful. Can Everything I, that I, happens. I to, let me interrupt for one second. I pull up the award section. Nicholson did not win, but. Oh, he was nominated. I didn't even know that. But do you know who did win Razzie Awards? Kelly sorry, Duvall. Sorry, sorry. Nominated Razzie Awards. Worst actress. Kelly Duvall. And worst director. Really? Oh my God! Um, Continue, please. Sorry. So then, the the manager tells Jack that, by the way, the last guy who had this job killed his whole family, and Jack's like, "Yeah, that's all right. We're gonna take it." This is exactly what Eddie Murphy was talking about in his act when he said, "White people walk into a house and look around, and they hear get out,' and they're like, "No, we think we're gonna stay around and look around." If that was a black family, it would have been like, "You know what? We're gonna go find some other fucking job. I think I can work this out." <laughs> um, is that blood coming out of the elevator or did the Kool-Aid guy explode? That doesn't even kind of look like blood. It oh, was like no. somebody had never... It was, it, was, it was like somebody said, yeah, blood is red, and that was all they knew about blood. <laughs> I thought it was a Kool-Aid man. 
Danny, and, and so this is another thing that really bothered me. Tony was a huge part of the book. He's the, the shining, Danny's ability, the existence of Tony, Tony's part that he plays, the influence he has in the book, in the story, and then how everything proceeds is huge. And in this fucking movie, Tony is turned to a goddamn finger with a creepy voice that every parent would have sent their kid to a psychologist for and been like, it's not an imaginary friend. And you, and and he's the boy who lives in my mouth? That's hard. That's something a fucking priest says. That's terrifying. <laughs> Why do you write? How can we write jokes for any other episodes, you son of a bitch? <laughs> I'm doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> um... Uh, oh, and then when she's talking to the, uh, she's talking to the, to the doctor and she, and he asks, how did he dislocate his, his arm? She's like, well, my husband, you know, he's he a drunk, violent, abusive <laughs> asshole, but hey, things are much better now. And the doctor's like, oh, okay, good luck. Yeah, Dyphus must have not existed in this fucking state. Funny, I think we, um, I think Bill Schultz is gonna have the same conversation in ten years when he has kids and a wife. <laughs> <laughs> abort, abort, abort. That's my only type of parenting. Yeah, and so then in the car they're talking about the uh, the what happened to uh, what happened to the settlers, and he's like, "Well, you know, they were cannibals. They ate themselves." And the kid's like, "Oh no, I know all about this." The kid should have stopped and been like, "Hey, Dad, could you stop the car?" I think we're in a horror movie. This whole this whole exchange seems like we're all probably gonna die. Um, and then and then when they're in the uh, when they're in the in the hotel and she stops and goes, "Are these Indian designs authentic?" Nope, you couldn't say that today. It would have been, "Are these Washington football team designs authentic?" <laughs> Did you see when he picked up the magazine? There's a bonus fun fact. When he's waiting. Uh, Playgirl. Playgirl, you're right. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, the, whole, the whole scene with the twins and Danny just with that same droopy, dumb-eyed face staring at the twins. I feel like that's when the kid's twin fetish kicked off. He's like, I don't know. I can't get my nut off unless there's two of you. It's my, it's, something happened when I was a kid. It's a long story. While wearing overalls on a big wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a great point I'll, sk I'll skip to that the only thing this movie did do for me the only positive impact it did is it made me want to have a big wheel again oh, you know, riding around that fucking hotel I agree like with that oh, it's on my first fucking list of fucking <laughs> I said there's, there's nothing that made me more jealous than seeing a kid tear ass around on a, in a, a hotel on a big wheel I go oh my god how cool that fucking I would have set up jumps and shit that would have been skidding like doing oh, skidding around yeah, with, oh, did you guys have a little crank that could scare the big wheel yes oh, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. doing like oh. Yeah. Dude, the the E brake for like a fucking car uh, on a big wheel that was dope. Oh, yeah, so cool. I had the Dukes of Hazard big wheel and it had a Confederate flag all over it. And I was in the Midwest. Of course it's it because they're racist. Um, <laughs> and then had, Bill, 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 Bill didn't have a horn. He yelled the N word out as he came through the, uh, <laughs> the hall. <laughs> that was out the way. Via you and me via email, not for live <laughs> consumption. <laughs> I guess I'm Luke Duke and you're Bo Duke. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a brunette. Um, oh, and then they, they, they tell them that, yo, yeah, this was built on an Indian burial ground. Have none of these people ever even seen a horror movie before? Right. That's like the first, yeah. 
That's the main trope. And by the way, that also was not in the book. It was not built on an Indian burial ground. Stephen King's better than that. A fucking- no, he is not. Have yes, you seen Pet Cemetery? He's- Are you fucking kidding me? He's- oh, come on. Oh, that is the cemetery was it? It was a cemetery. Of course, it was. That was the. It point. was based on an Indian burial ground, and that's how the, all this stuff happened. Stephen King has used that at least three times. I would. Li- I would like those three times. I would like those three times. Uh, you can e- you can email them to me when you email I, me your apology for how you, for your stance on this movie. Um, accept your apology when I give you. <laughs> the Pet Cemetery is one of them, so that's one. I like when they when they meet uh, when they meet Dick Halloran, and then they're like, "Hey, Dick, can you show Mrs. Torrance the kitchen? Because that's where women belong in the kitchen." <laughs> and then she should have looked at Danny Torrance and go, "Can I answer?" <laughs> <laughs> um, in the uh, so I was expecting the scene from the book and this kind of fucked me up because in the book, he, uh, Halloran takes Danny into his car and tells him, has that whole conversation about The Shining. And when I was reading that, I was like, that's really weird. Like you would just let your car, your kid go into a car. But even this scene was like, hey, you mind if I give him some ice cream? It's like, have you not seen any after school special? Not a single one? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, Kev, I got them all. It's in the um, I'm sure you do. The Hedge Maze. The minute they showed me that hedge maze, I would have been like, listen, nobody's going in that, ever. That, that's a recipe for death. If the Indian burial ground didn't tell me, and if the previous owner or employee of this place who killed his family didn't tell me, that fucking hedge maze is a disaster. Stay away from it. Um, <laughs> the, the two twins looked like those kids from the kid from Debbie's Cup. Was it Debbie's Cupcake? Debbie's, yeah, Little Debbie's. Little Debbie, yeah. Um, oh, this so wait, the scene where he says, and this is just Kubrick fucking telegraphing again. He's where he says, Mom, can I go get my fire engine? And she's like, Well, you don't want to wake up your dad. It's like, first of all, let's cut through this. You're clearly going to let the kid go get this fire engine, and he's clearly going to wake up his dad, and something horrible is going to happen. That, that I saw that coming before he even asked for his fucking fire engine. Kubrick is as subtle as a fucking charging elephant with a heart on. Like says the Stephen King fan. Yeah, but at least, he, but that his whole Kubrick was trying to make this like subtle fucking psychological movie that this book wasn't at all. Um. Oh my God, Bill, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're you're already wrong. Um. Oh, Jack hugging the kid. That when, when he goes in and, he's, and he gets to get his fire engine and then he's like, just come here. And he starts hugging him. It's the most awkward hug. It made me so grateful that my father never hugged me. <laughs> is, that, is that what a dad's hug is like? Ugh. And then he just keeps going. And then the kid keeps going. No, dad. Yes, dad. No, dad. Get the kid some uppers. Give him some cocaine or something. This kid hasn't felt something since he was fucking born. Jesus. Um, oh, and then and then Jack has the uh, has the nightmare that I dreamt I'm going to kill you. Well, guess what? I'm probably going to kill you. Like she should have left right then, like right at that moment, she should have been like, "All right, we'll go risk the snow because this is clearly the way this is going to happen." Um, the uh, I will say this: as much as I dislike this movie, I love the bar scene. I love the bar scene. I love everything that happens, and that is all close to the book. And that's why I like that all so much. Yep. It had a very rich, 
very eerie feeling about it. This whole idea of this guy walking into the room where there was supposed to be nobody, and now there's this fucking one bartender, and then there, when he walks in again and there's a party going on, I thought that was fantastic. But it was also, all the stuff I liked from this movie was the stuff that was actually true to the book. Everything else, which was 80% of the movie, is a fucking shit show. Um, and then, Wendy goes from being an annoying, whiny, pain in the ass to a sniveling, slobbering mess in one scene. She spends the whole, she spends the first half of the movie whining and being annoying. Then she spends the second half crying and screaming. <laughs> Women's rights advocates must watch us and go, well, let's not show this at our next convention because it's probably not going to go too well. Um, and then the scene, and it's funny, Bill quoted it, but it, it, the scene in the, in the bathroom where he, he confronts Grady and Grady says, you've always been the caretaker and I've always been here. Like, I get that that's a creepy thing to say, but it absolutely makes no sense. It didn't mean, I like, I, I get like, you're, you're, you were bound to be here. Like you're, you were drawn to this place. But again, and what Kubrick misses and the book hits on over and over again is that Jack also had a little bit of the shining. And that's why the hotel was able to get his claws in him. But then it realized that the kid had so much more and they wanted the kid and not Jack. And it was going to use Jack to get to the kid. And all of that, had they worked some of that into this fucking story, it would have made sense. But instead they didn't. And they just turned it into this just kind of average horror movie where everybody's motivation is nonsensical and not explained. Um, oh, <laughs> and then, and then when the, the scene with Grady where he just drops the N-bomb out of nowhere, like the movie's just chugging along and suddenly he's just like, yeah, there's an N-word coming. It's like, wow, that wasn't, we didn't need that at all. Like we didn't need, there was no need for that. That that caught me by surprise big time ago. Oh, oh. Well, you told me you jerked off to it. Is that <laughs> code for caught me by surprise? <laughs> Fucking monster. And he would have finished if he said kite. Um, <laughs> uh, and then when, oh, by the way, Dick Halloran's choice in art is amazing. Oh, oh, oh he is the man. Bush afro. Uh, I loved right it. Over, just yeah. big fat boobs. Like it was. I don't know what point that served. I don't know if it's supposed to be symbolic right. of something. I think Scatman Crothers goes, look, I'm only getting paid scale for this, but I'm going to make some artistic calls for this shit right now. And by he the way, his writer. Yeah. No, I, think he, I think that was Scatman Crothers' favorite. <laughs> that was his favorite. Like, Just film it here. Give me a couple extra bucks. But. By the way, wait till we get to the Amazon one-star reviews. One reader definitely makes note of that. <laughs> Probably got it on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing I did learn from the movie, that there was a Roadrunner theme song to the cartoon. Thank you. Stop. I had no idea, and I've seen every I didn't know that either. But yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. My wife was watching with me, and she starts singing along and go, Wait a minute. I have yeah. Looney Tunes box sets on DVD for Christ's sake. I've never, ever heard of a Roadrunner theme song. And we were in the age years. range for that. I know that. That like, blew we were, my mind. Blew my mind. I was five when that came out. I would have remembered that. But yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like that, what is it called? The Mandela effect, where everybody remembers something, but it's actually not true. 
I feel like they just made that song up, and now everybody's walking around going, "Oh yeah, there's a Roadrunner theme song." But my wife starts <laughs> singing along. I'm oh, like, she remembered it though. You start. She sang along. Oh, that's she, crazy. Beat for beat. I go. What the fuck? She goes. I thought you're a Looney Tunes guy. I go. I've never ever heard this before in my life. Blew my mind, but good point. Excellent so it point. did exist. Huh. Shelly Duvall wore a corduroy overall dress, and I appreciate that because nobody ever wore one again. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, I, and I, another, another piece that I will admit was creepy was the all work and no play, finding just pages and pages of that. That wasn't in the book either. And I thought that was a really, really nice touch. And it's creepy to think that he was just sitting down there that whole time. And I was even watching him type, trying to figure out, is that the right amount of keystrokes to, to, to type that out? Because I'm a fucking maniac. It, it wasn't, by the way. No, no, no uh, you're yeah. right. It wasn't. But, uh, but I, I like that. And I do think that if there ever was a book printed with just all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy so all over it, it would yeah. sell huge at Urban yes, Outfitters. Sir. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the hipsters would be like, I got the first edition of this book. and it's This amazing. is the best coffee table book ever. <laughs> leather now I'm going to get laid. Leather bound, 150 bucks. Bingo. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Seller. Getting, a, getting hit on the head with a bat and rolling down the stairs, you should be dead. Which just shows the shitty way she was holding the bat. I don't know who taught her to hold a bat. I don't know if she just never saw a baseball game. I'm a terrible athlete, and I know how to hold a bat. She couldn't even come up with... She, ha, she was choking halfway up on it, and she thought that was going to do something. It was, a like, swinging, it was a swinging bunt is what it was. <laughs> That's how Triple H hits people with the fucking sledgehammer <laughs> so he doesn't hurt them. It was pathetic. Um... Red, the red rum scene also I thought was strange because again it was Tony because took it over. was awesome. No, because Tony took over. Yeah, no, I'm, I'll, I'll give a credit. It was an eerie scene. It just didn't work with anything because Tony is actually supposed to be good. Tony's supposed to be helping the kid, and he's supposed to be help trying to help them survive. And Tony's supposed to be like his 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 secret support. And then he, make, he turns him into, he gets the knife and he writes the thing on murder. And I, I guess that it was supposed to be a message like bad shit's happening, but it comes across creepy. And the Tony from the book would have been much more artful about that than this fucking stupid finger thing that I thought was just batshit awful. Um, it was great. Obviously, uh, Here's Johnny was amazing. Um, it's a great scene. It's, a, it's an iconic scene. And of course, it's great because Jack improved it and it had nothing to do with Hubert. Oh. Um, slashing the hand when he, she slashed the hand with a knife, and that it looked like it just left a little red magic marker piece of, of blood. And then he's like, "Ah!" It, it, they, like they, there was nobody on set who'd ever seen blood before. Like nobody had even tried to see blood. Okay, the and blood this is, thing again. It's, I mean, I'll give a little effort at it. Fucking some catcher packets. Uh, and this is this was my last major problem with with the with the movie itself, and it's a big one. Dick Halloran is a huge, huge character in the books. He has a huge part to play. He saves him in the end. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's very he's this cool, influential character, and he's they were building up to that. And I really felt like they were going there. And then he gets to the overlook and he dies. He doesn't yeah. do a goddamn thing. We had to watch him fucking make air. We had to watch him make uh, air uh, airplane reservations. 
We had to watch him reserve a car. We had to watch him drive through the snow. We had to listen to an entire weather report. And I was like, well, this guy's going to fucking do some shit because he's the word. They're beating us in the face with all this shit and his trial to get there. And then he gets there and he dies immediately. That almost it almost felt like I was watching Clue. Like it was the fucking punchline. <laughs> and this was a comedy like, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Like, that's insane. And that that caps off how terrible Kubrick was with this movie. He couldn't even give the one guy who really should have been the hero of the book or hero of the story and was the kind of the hero of the book, the credit to at least do something, at least punch Jack Torrance, do something. He did nothing and he died. And it was just such a waste of time and character. And it drove me bananas. The end itself was completely different than the book. Um, Great. The, the, the very final, you know, I thought it was cool that they ran through the hedge, the, the maze and the way the kid figures out to backtrack and Jack freezes. And that scene of him freezing is also obviously iconic. But the, um, the, the best scene in this whole movie, the best part of this whole movie is the very end where you see Jack in the picture. That pays off the whole movie. But the problem is the buildup to that wasn't worth it. Like I would have rather seen them in the car and then that picture and then just say end. Because everything else between was a fucking disastrous shit show. Um, that said, my very long notes... Uh, I will make the point, and I will make this as quickly as possible, so Kevin doesn't have to edit more than he's already going to have to. The plot in this movie was, I, I think, a, a horrible mess. The story, this story was supposed to be about a guy struggling with demons who starts off, and he's kind of winning the battle, and he ends up just losing it, and this, this horribly evil place takes advantage of all his demons and turns him into the worst possible him. But at the end, in the book, he, he has a moment where he's able to save the kid. He, tells, he says to the kid, get out of here. And he, he's the reason that they actually end up living. Uh, but, and he sacrifices himself. That doesn't happen at all in this. Jack stays crazy, asshole, freezes to death, and then ends up in the picture. There's no redeeming of Jack Torrance in this. So there's, it's basically no payoff. There's, no, there, there's really no hero in this book. And Danny's also supposed to be a bit of a hero. And he comes off as just a, a vacant just kid on a fucking big wheel. It's terrible. Um, Jack, and as far as the three leads, Jack Nicholson overacted through this entire part. He was crazy from start, crazy to the, at the, in the middle, and then he just gets crazier at the end. There's, there's no evolution. He just is the same thing throughout the whole movie. And everybody says he gave such a great performance. Yeah, he was a crazy guy through the whole movie. <laughs> Probably anybody could have done that. Shelley Duvall, as I said, went from annoying to a blithering mess. And Danny Torrance was uh, just a, a bleary-eyed, he looked like he was sedated the whole time and did nothing to, to actually serve the purpose of this movie. The, there were so many opportunities here, and the, and the great comeuppance in all of this is if you see Dr. Sleep, they acknowledge that this movie was so bad that the end of Dr. Sleep is actually the end of the book of, it down. of The Shining. And it felt, I saw that and I was like, oh, thank God. They fucking finally did it right and it felt so good. And that movie, while mediocre, the ending was so much better than this whole fucking shit show of Kubrick just jacking off his stylized bullshit all over two hours and 20 minutes of this. So yeah, this movie fucking sucks. Give me a number, one to 10. Uh, two. Oh. Two!
Wow. Did I stutter? Even though you gave Two. it a lot of compliments, not even knowing that you did. I know, I know, I know, Bill, I always know exactly what I'm saying. Uh, you, uh, all the stuff that you liked about the movie was not in the book, including the ending as far as the picture, July 4th, 1921 is concerned, and Jack is in there. Uh, you loved the maze, but you didn't, but you did. You went back and forth on that. Maze wasn't in the book. What was in the book? It was Hedro animals. Animals made out of uh, leaves attacking everyone. It was, and the other thing that I have an issue with is you keep talking about uh, Kubrick explaining things. You gotta be goddamn kidding. Stephen King is the world capital of over-explaining. Stephen King is the world capital of backstory. The brilliance of The Shining is that Kubrick got rid of all of that. I think, you're, so both, I think you're both is, right on that. I'll tell you why. Look at it. It is a 1,200-page novel that they could have whittled down to Without six, a doubt. Seven. Yes. The, the first chapter of the movie was amazing. The second half of it was garbage. But... Mm. But Kubrick also is Captain Fucking Obvious, as I call it, Sledgehammer to the Balls. These guys both personify the master of the, hey, dumb people, I'm going to make sure I leave no man behind and make sure everyone's in on this next bit or trick or whatever. They are both equally as guilty in my eyes. Okay, well, explain this to me. If uh, Kubrick is Captain Obvious, did you see Scatman Crothers' death coming? What Kubrick yeah. did, which was a bit of a F you to uh, Stephen King, admittedly, is he took a guy that ends up saving everyone in the book, and you have this amazing buildup, and you think that he is going to do A, B, or C, even if you didn't read the book. And the first thing that happens is Jack, and you have to have Jack do this because this makes him really menacing because he's actually got to kill now. Takes, a, takes an ax, goes right through the heart. And, and that's why he no did it, because he wanted to have Jack kill somebody. Saw that coming. Yeah, but the, no one or the mother saw that coming, and it's a beloved character. It doesn't make a good thing. storytelling. It makes a great storytelling, no, because you do not know what's going to happen next. And, 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 like, by the way, Stephen King does it badly. Stephen King always kills, like, beloved elderly characters in his books. And he did do it in this, in, in this one. But Kubrick did it better than King ever could. That's like and, saying a joke is funny if, you, if it's unexpected. And so I whip my dick out and I'm like, but that was unexpected. Isn't that funny? No. But this isn't a comedy. This Guess is a horror ask movie. Yes, ask Louis C.K. if it's funny. Horror movies live on the unexpected. But it wasn't um, scary. This whole movie wasn't scary. There was nothing was scary horrifying. about this movie. The way I that he... No. The I, way I, he... Go ahead. He... he he told you this was a scary movie through the music. If you had put a fucking great. a girl running through fields music soundtrack to this, it would have been a completely different movie. The movie wasn't scary. The music was scary. Wide angle lens, person right in the center of it, and seeing the horror in their face, and no special effects, just who had horror in their out. face? Jack going like this, <clears throat> or the kid going like this. Uh, or Charlie Duvall going like this. Ah! The kid the whole that's movie. So, oh, yeah, that's so, really captured that, their emotion. That, that's so making the cut for our videograms for the week, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, a lot of your arguments were just aesthetics. You didn't like the blood. 
you, you, you thought that, well, he couldn't have said that to the woman in this day and age. They couldn't have said no, that was just this me day having and age. fun. There was a lot of other but, argument there. I there was. I, no, I made so, some notes. no, Bill, tell me why this is such a great movie. Yeah, Bill, let's hear your argument. Everything. Yeah. Well, all right. First of all, Kubrick was offered uh, to direct The Exorcist because he always wanted to do a horror movie. And he, for whatever reason, did not take it. And all he did was take what's this convoluted, needed an editor, enormous book that was The Shining with all kinds of bullshit in it, added it down to its basis parts, which is a family that's going through some, some, some issues and taking them to a possibly, we find out, definitely haunted hotel, and that is it. That's and, not what the book is about. That shows you no, don't even give what the book about, is about. Kubrick, that's what Kubrick turned it into. But, right, but the book was about a kid. A, the book was about a kid with special powers who gets drawn to this fucking hotel that wants to take advantage of him and ends up killing his father and too trying much, to take advantage of the whole family. Too much. Editor, editor, editor. Simplify, simplify. Yeah, he simplified simplify. it into a slasher I like movie. The idea, the idea of Jack Nicholson kind of having The Shining. Too much. Too much. No. He, simpled it, he, he simplified it down to its base essentials, and it was, as a result, absolutely, unbelievably horrifying. Then I, uh, you like, know what? Then I could have just watched Psycho. Psycho doesn't, Psycho's obviously changed a lot of things, but let's be honest, Psycho doesn't age well as far as horror is concerned. Speaking shining, of things that don't age well, they're shining. The shining <laughs> age I was say Bill Schultz doesn't age well. Uh, I, I thought that was coming. You, I, really no, I, I don't need to get personal to take this one down. <laughs> uh, and also, like again, your 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 allegiance to uh, Stephen King. Every argument that you kind of had with Kubrick, Stephen King does a million times more. Stephen King spells everything out to you. Stephen King's does a world builder. He builds a world. He's not. He doesn't just tell it's a story. He builds a world. a world. No, it's editor. not. I, I thought everything, every little bit he told about Jack Torrance in the book was important and played into why Jack was susceptible to what the Overlook was putting out. Everything he went through with the student, with with Danny, with his they alcoholism. Uh, the, the student subplot was such a great edit out. No one needed it. It was better to replace the student in the bathtub with, let's face it, some nice tits until he, she turns into uh, the swamp thing. Um, the, uh, all of that was not needed. And I, like, even then, I think Kubrick understood the attention span of a normal human being, even though it's worse now. But he took, he got rid of all of the fat. And every Stephen King book, aside from his short stories, is a lot of fat. He got rid of all of that and, and like just rot, rot, put it down into a diamond. I, I love all the stuff that needed to be changed. I love Stephen King's world building. I love his descriptive ability. I love his, his knack for putting you in a situation so you can feel that you're there. To me, Israel, it's, it's, let me ask you this. When do you need a world when it's a family in a hotel? You don't need a world for that. That is yeah, a you, very simple. Yeah, you do. Great because this wasn't just there a haunted know. mansion. There was a had, whole. I disagree with the, your 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 claim that the casting was bad. I think the casting was perfect. You knew, with very little said about their backstory, what was going on with the family without explaining. 
You, yeah, you, that's, that's you, you crucified Cooper for explaining. Stephen King over-explains everything. But you know where I also You didn't know? have to know that, but you knew it. You know because what? The acting when the, when was so great. When the handsome jock takes the hot cheerleader out to the lake to have to fuck and then they get stabbed by the fucking psycho i know everything about them too doesn't make it a great movie i know everything i needed about them yes this was a this was a this was a passable slasher movie this was a this was an okay horror movie this was i would not... i would argue that every stephen king novel is a pass, passable slasher movie no and uh well did you like the miniseries that stephen king i never saw be, it i never saw a, it. a boy consider yourself lucky it is an abomination. Two words, maximum overdrive. That's the only other thing Stephen King's ever directed, and it's a big pile of Jack Torrance diarrhea. Stephen King has, a, has an unfortunate Stephen King cannot history. be left, yeah, he cannot be left to his own devices. Stanley Kubrick was a genius. The way he filmed it was a genius. Stuff that shouldn't have been horrifying. The carpet alone was horrifying. And he, the guy, yeah, that invented, orange carpet is horrifying. You shouldn't put it the anywhere. Way he ever. Did it was the guy that invented the Steadicam. Uh, Steve, uh, yeah. Kubrick was so enamored with him that he just figured, well, he needed that. So he hired the actual inventor to get what you loved the big wheel scene, to get what you claimed you liked the chases through the maze. All that stuff had never been seen before. Thanks to Kubrick. You know what had been seen before? Overwritten, schlocky, cheesy horror that was the book called The Shining. Wow. I don't think we've ever gotten this kind of bloody battlefield. <laughs> wow. We have not seen this kind of back and forth on this podcast ever. And I feel like you're being sarcastic. No, I'm not. I'm you, I'm, and for some reason, I'm and I'm Timescent as well. I might add. <laughs> oh, nicely done. Oh, SAT yeah. word. You like? Wow, well, well, well done. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, boy, it looks like Bill. Are you done exhausting all barrels of ammunition in this? I look. Here's the thing. Like I. I guess not. Actually, unfortunately, love Israel, but I, I, I question <laughs> his sanity and I question his taste. He did not win me over. Wow. Yeah, he's done he's done with all barrels. He blew two blanks and you can go now, Kev. <laughs> and I have I notes. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. Come on over and get another t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. Guttingthesacredcow.com. Why my co-host doesn't have one on, I don't know. I'll leave uh, I'll leave that to, to his own devices to figure out, and uh, maybe his, maybe his lovely wife can buy him something for. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about your co-host right now. <laughs> I'm your co-host. You're correct. Yeah, why don't you fucking have a gutting the sacred cow shirt, Bill? Well, yeah, I'm wearing 42 so. because the conspiracy theorists thought 42 was a big deal in the movie. You know, bring on. Don't walk on my plug, you asshole. Sorry, Got sorry, it. sorry, go. No. Guttingthesacredcow.com for all merch needs. Every day we're having blogs, Monday through Friday. Give that a look and write us a two-sentence review, five-star rating on your po podcast platform of choice. Notes. Shelly Winters looks like Marilyn Manson and Olive Oil had a kid, which is hilarious because Shelly Winters played Olive Oil in the Popeye movie. Right after The Shining. That was her next role. <laughs> Minute minute 18 in, and you can taste 
the distaste that Nicholson has for Shelly Winters. That's a true sign of a man who's been with the same woman for at least 15 years. He fucking hates her. You could cut that hatred with a steak knife from Del Fresco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why was there a phone booth in the game room? Do you need silence from people throwing darts or, <laughs> or playing pinochle for nickels and dimes? Jesus, what kind of privacy do you need for that? <laughs> Scatman Crothers is that weirdo you never want your kid around. Not because he's a pedophile, bitch, because you don't want him picking up per shitty personality habits. That guy was just so weird and talky. It's like, okay, come on, kid. Let's get, let's get out of here. We got somewhere to go. How dare you? The head of the hotel looks like William H. Macy with a sweeter leather jacket and a Steve McQueen haircut. Oh, that outfit he was wearing when he first comes out is amazing. Isn't it? Fucking great, yeah. I want that jacket and the Afro artwork. <laughs> Those two things from the, uh, the movie. Danny riding the big wheel, you guys hit right on the head, and how fucking so badass good. would that be to have an fucking empty Fucking awesome. Oh. And here's my first problem. The maze was not in the opening aerial shot of the hotel when they pull up. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. Oh. Mm. I'm very good at If you had to watch, and I ask you both, if you both had to watch the hotel from October to May, how long? You guys are worried about all the dynamics of filming and the, and the length of Kubrick versus King. Here's what I was wondering. How long would it take me to jerk off in each of the hotel rooms? <laughs> <laughs> well, I we were there for a while. <sighs> two and a half months to hit every room at least once. And the kitchen, other store, storage closets. <laughs> I lost 13 pounds, but I made it. <laughs> I'm so I'm weak, exactly. Although they had industrial-sized cans of ketchup, which could immediately <laughs> rehydrate you. <laughs> and now I'm waiting for the entire time for Jack Nicholson to go, I never realized I married a toothpike with an overbite and Dumbo ears. <laughs> <laughs> he was miserable, man. It's also just, I think the entire thing is a condemnation of uh, marriage with kids. Right? That's, that's the big F.U. in The Shining. It's like, oh, nuclear I, family sucks. I don't know about the two of you, but I've never talked to my finger unless there was a booger on the end of it. Whoa, look how big this is. Look at this little one. Nicholson. I, I've actually said to my finger, up into the front. Up into the front. <laughs> like you're pulling out a cigarette lighter of an old 85's Cutlass Sierra. <laughs> That's for my grandfather. I don't know. Oh, I did that one. Nicholson completely threw himself into this role and left nothing in the gladiatorial arena. Overacting or not, that man must have lost 15 pounds of Without a doubt. Of, of, of water weight and exertion by the end of every week of filming. The bathroom scene with the naked woman reminded me of one thing. Pubic hair. Gross. Lots of it. <laughs> oh. She was very tall. And had nice yeah. tits. Those are some ah. nice The N-word, quite a shocker. That one, <laughs> I don't. I can pretty much, I'm a good thing at predicting the future in these films. Woo, I did not see that coming. Yeah. I did not see that coming. And let me ask you guys this. If it, when the N-word comes from someone British, doesn't it sound at its most evil? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh without yeah. a doubt. Oh, yeah. It sounds like they're just yeah. saying the animal. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is definitely not the way Mr. Rogers would have said it if he was still alive. I promise you that. 
Here's something else. You guys are marveling about the steady cam and the maze and the and the and the chasing the maze. You and I marveled at all the leg room that Scatman Crothers had while flying coach back to Colorado. Wow! And that wasn't even an exit row. He's stretching out. He's got a cocktail or two. Remember when airlines didn't gouge you and fucking rape you for everything you had? And in fairness, who was flying from Florida to Colorado at that time of year? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He could afford the extra leg because no one else was there. Yeah. If Nicholson is imagining everything, how the fuck does the freezer door open to let him out? Answer that. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't imagining. It all happened. It was haunted. That's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Here's another problem with this. The evils of the hotel don't really show their capabilities or explain why you should really be scared. The twins and the blood elevators, that's it? Shelly Winters runs like an inflate. Right. Yeah, I know. You keep saying Shelly. I think that's the Poseidon adventure. God damn it, you're right. (laughs) I'm a big fan of Cheers. (laughs) Shelly Duvall runs like an inflatable, wacky, wavy guy you see in the front of a used car dealership. (laughs) Yeah. And here's Kubrick's. Just, here's why. Here's why Kubrick can be so hit or miss, and here's why he's missed. It doesn't need heavy music cues and extreme zooms to clue in the audience. That is a move to hook dumb people, not a fan. Hmm. I felt like the ending was just okay. Had so much. Oh. Pot- huh? I'm not done. Had so much more potential with the maze. Kevin Israel, you're ready for this one. It's fine it's fine it is definitely this is like the third week in a row we have this this is definitely on the mount rushmore of overrated films right next to fight right next to fight club this does not pass the remote test and i don't care if it's 40 it's 40 years old fine but it still is way too dated to keep this in the classic category i'm sorry jaws 1975 45 years old still perfect every time that it comes on tv remote test Pass with flying colors. This, nope, not enough sizzle for the steak. I give it five out of ten. Five. Wow, five. you guys, this is this entire thing was a con job. You drew me in. I totally just you to beat the. I wow. I wanted I wanted to heel turn you so hard. Look, I'm not as brutal. I knew Israel would be brutal about this. I'm sitting here watching, going, "That's cool. What the fuck? Who cares? That's kind of cool. Why didn't they expound on that?" What is this bullshit? What about her? She's an annoying cunt, as Kevin had said virtually. Is it Nicholson? He's I, I don't mind the overacting in this. I don't. You're going to go actually either. crazy. Yeah. But this just this was such a gold mine of opportunity, and everyone puts us on oh. a fucking pedestal. I'm not saying yeah. it's bad. I'm saying it is way too revered. You're telling me that this and my wife said this, and I had a and I vehemently disagree she says this is one of the scariest movies of all time i said get the fuck out of here your wife is a lot smarter i will take the original nightmare in elm street as way more scarier than this film film with a hundred percent are you kidding me this doesn't give anyone nightmares what's that Uh, a guy that has a hamburger face and has like a fucking glove with some knives on it and you yeah, but the you you concept dreams. is amazing. Somebody who haunts your dreams and can kill you in your dreams. There's no reality based in that. Terrifying. And, and, and in Everything real life, was reality based in The Shining. 
which was believe in ghosts. And like, but that that was what was so horrifying about it. It was Kubrick is very good about showing comfort, like when Nicholson half the time is like in bed or having toast or doing something like that, showing people in comfort. And then all of a sudden, in just a regular family life, and then all of a sudden flipping it, where that comfort all of a sudden goes drastically wrong. Yeah, but he'll do that, that and it'll it'll include somebody going, hey, you know, I think something bad is about to happen. And then then the bad thing happens. And it's like, well, that kind of ruined it. The the movie, the, the pacing of the movie was painfully slow. And yes. even when it's the horror moments happened, it never sped up. There was no moment where you felt your heart pounding, where you were scared, where you were concerned. I didn't leave this movie going, huh, that, that was like a creepy, like I need to think about it. It, was, it literally just washed over me like a, like a fucking just wet rain. Hey, boys and girls, before we get to the critics' five-star reviews, let's talk about my bookie. My bookie. Football season's almost here. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and all your props, kicking back, cocktail, chips in hand, watching your team trounce the rivals. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contest, and squares. Look, invest in your intuition. I do. This is how I pay for Christmas presents and Caribbean vacations, okay? Use the promo code SACREDCOW. And double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. That's free money. Come on. Get on this. This is designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks and win free money. Use promo code SACREDCAL and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Next, critics, critics five-star five reviews. Five it's an interesting review. movie, but not the ultimate work in a genre that some expected from one of its greatest, one of the greatest directors, excuse me. Oh. Nicholson gives a performance of his life here, subtly changing from a vaguely defeated family man to a maniacally leering American version of Einstein, Eisenstein's Ivan the Terrible. Someone was looking to make a deep cut reference and you win the esoteric award of the week <laughs> you beat me for once because i love good. those the torrance's night of anarchy spearheaded by nicholson's ferocity has become one of cinema's most iconic and deranged events the shining is a bona fide classic by this point almost every scene is so iconic the experience of watching it truly watching it feels something like devouring a greatest hits collection barf i like it Aside from an occasional flash of brilliance, it is tedious and the fatal blow, not all that scary. And that was a five-star review. Uh, Do they understand how stars work? They gave the five stars, but they wrote that. Well, let's get our next second favorite section. I'm sorry. I copied and pasted the wrong section. That was a critic's one-star review. Whoops. (laughs) Sorry. Are you serious? Yeah, it totally was. I copied and pasted under five-star, and I have it under the first under the one-star. So that was our first critic's one-star review. Next one. Kubrick takes the trash material of the book so seriously, giving us optical purity framed by Langorious Flame. But – the material cannot support that kind of handling, and we're denied the few simple pleasures we expect from a scare movie. Oh. Uh, perfect. Uh, let, let me guess, New York Times. Well, I, I, I don't cite sources unless it's uh, Roger Ebert. 
Stanley, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's efforts to mix fantasy and reality are often resolved too often in overused scenes of the persecuted kid, threatened woman, loud effects, and a deluge of blood. The result is an excessively calculated and distant film. Full review in Spanish. Kubrick is after a cool, sunlit version of hell, born in the bosom of the nuclear family, but in his imagery, with its compulsory symmetry and brightness, is too banal to sustain interest, while the incredibly slack narrative line forestalls suspense. And there is our award for saying a lot by not wow. saying much. Wow. No kidding. I don't even know what the... Oh, God. That guy would do great at a corporate meeting. <laughs> Something tells it's a PowerPoint meeting right there, yeah. <laughs> this guy never misses an episode of the Pun Olympics. <laughs> Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. I love this movie as much as I remember. When I was a young teenager, LOL, my friend and I stalked in her mother's house with the Shining DVD because her mother was so against horror movies. We had to wait for her mother to leave for work at late night and we watched it in the dark room. And then we fingered each other. No, just kidding. We were- <laughs> No, put it back in. <laughs> we were so freaked. Up and, and forward. Yeah. That's just like a cigarette lighter. <laughs> we, were, we were so freaked and in terror, even though we recovered in the morning, L-A-M-O, M-L, M-L-A-O. If you love horror movies, take the ride. I wouldn't watch if not for my school assignment. I know some people would have loved it. That's why I gave it five stars. I'm not a horror movie person. So I won't penalize it in the reviews because I don't like horror movies. These five stars mean nothing to I these know. people. Do they understand how stars work? She probably well, has, Bill, she feel free to go and write your own crappy five-star review. <laughs> Something tells me she has 10 million Darn. followers. She, she probably has 10 million followers on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. O overall, I really like this movie. I believe that this, that has stood the test of time and still presents itself as right. a suspense-filled suspense -filled movie that Kubrick set out to make. There are fun little nods to this movie in the strangest places, like Toy, like Toy Story. Yes, I said Toy Story. Don't believe me? Do a Google search and you'll see what I'm talking about. I would definitely recommend this movie. You just picked that one because it references Toy Story. You know what? I completely pulled yeah. that up. Yeah, well. Uh. Hold on. <laughs> Couple more. My daughter has never seen this movie. Now she has. Ah, the modern of Wonder TV. Oh, great mom. <laughs> she, may, she may have slept through, the part, through some parts. She works a lot and is in school full time. Great movie. Love Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen King had nothing to do with All right, it. And here, right. It's a great movie. And here's where I get, and I give credit to a reviewer. Cookie Man 108 writes, by the way, does anyone know where I can get some of those lovely velvety paintings of naked nubile Nubians <laughs> featured on the, That's the best one. <laughs> featured on the walls of Scatman Crothers Florida Reverend Residence? Excuse me. I'm thinking of sprucing up the old homestead, and they're just what I'm looking for. Signed, VP Mike Pence. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have no. wanted the woman. Well, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> the woman of the woman of color. <laughs> Ready? And of course, our favorite Amazon one star reviews. Horrible. Just another innocence trapped in snow in cottage hotel with a crazy guy with an axe. Just another. This was the first. I was gonna say, yeah, what's the other example? Your simpleton <laughs> fucking Cro Magnon asshole is the first one. <laughs> oh. 
I remember it being such a big deal to watch this when I was a kid. My 12-year-old couldn't get through it because of the fact that set and acting quality has gotten so much better in the millennium. Who wrote this? Stella Adler? Me thinks the 12-year-old is the actual <laughs> author of this fucking post. All right, next one. I cannot believe that this movie is as highly regarded as it is. The acting was horrible. Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson was himself. Shelley Duvall's character was devoid of any intelligence or depth. The little boy was a half-baked joke. Red rum, red rum, red rum. Who came up with that ridiculous dialogue? From the opening scene, the musical score was simply awful. And to top it all off, it deviated significantly from the source material, including a completely different ending. There are points in the movie that are completely devoid of any kind of meaningful, meaningful content. The suspense, in quotes, scenes seemingly drag on forever to the point that the only suspense is how soon will this scene be over? That Stephen, uh. King, <laughs> That's that, so bad. that Stephen King considered this movie's hot garbage tells you all you need to know about it. Listening no. to that review felt like taking a good shit. <laughs> And with no, with one white, one ghost wipe, and you're yeah. done. Done out. Use the pages from The Shining to wipe <laughs> after you're done. Next review. <laughs> I hope that it was not charged for this. I will have to check. <laughs> Is that even a review? That just yes! seems like a complaint. Yes! <laughs> you you were. Yeah. Punchline. You were charged for it. Yeah, yeah. I go very charged. Next review. Ready? Good. <laughs> One star, though. It's great. I know this is classic and all, but I hated it, and I could barely th sit oh. through to the end. I could forgive all the deviations from the book if, it if the rest weren't so tedious. The loud, shrieking music, I get it. It's like music in every other movie. It's there to help drive the story, and it helps to put you in whatever mood you're supposed to be in while watching the scene. But for me, that got to be too much. I hate the cook was killed off when he was. He was more used to that. Shelley Duvall hated her as Wendy. She was just plain annoying. All that screaming. The Wendy in the book wasn't that terrible. Her main goal was protecting Danny. I did like Jack as Jack. He was good. I mean, what do say? I mean, what do we have here? One more. I like that guy. He's on point. Jack yeah, that Nichol guy's ignorant. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's over the top scene chewing. Sorry, Jack Nicholson's over-the-top scene-chewing turned out what was supposed to be a horror into an unintentional comedy. Had he toned his performance down a few thousand watts, it could have been a lot better. The best thing about the film is the creepy atmosphere of the isolated hotel. Also, I well, think... Oh, go ahead for one second. Oh, uh, well, I gotta say, like, Jack Nicholson and over-the-top is redundant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you get what you pay for. Right. Also, I think a movie like this Screaming is for a remake with a better actor in the lead who knows the art of subtlety. Oh. <laughs> that I disagree with vehemently. I think, thank you. Next, two more. Very vulgar. Nudity. Horrible language. Sounds like someone read the reasons why this was rated R or just commented on a conversation between Tom Hanks and his mother. <laughs> Horrible acting. Racist slurs. Degrad degrading nude shots. Wait, hold on. Bill Schultz is about to orgasm. Don't stop, reviewer. <laughs> yeah, well, wait. I'm almost there. Keep going. Don't last, worry. It's off camera. Last one. And always my favorite. What? I didn't order this. Maybe my kid did by accident. Time to put on the parental lock. 
I think his kid. I think he better check his kid's browsing history. More importantly, yeah, no kidding. I like that he wrote a review for this. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, horse cock chugging sluts. Oh wait, that's my wife's browsing history. <laughs> I, uh, all right. Now this is gonna feel weird to say it, but Bill Schultz did Kevin Israel gut the sacred cow. I love Kevin Israel, despite this is unfair. my. Uh, I love I love him to death. No, he did not at all. Okay. I, I disagree. You, buddy, I but... disagree. I think he, I think he went here to see, he has an unfair advantage. He's had 44, 42 plus or whatever episodes to prepare, to know how to hit every chord and every angle ah. and come in with a sniper like precision. I'm a rookie coach. <laughs> yeah. I'm a rookie coach. Listen, he, he knows truly, how to... truly Jack Torrance is me. At the end in, of the movie, aside frozen from all of, in uh, the maze. <laughs> aside from Wait, all of Kevin. Hold on, I'll give you guys the ISO. <laughs> the aside from all of Kevin's kudos, I've been preparing for this one for seven months. You did good, Bob. You, <laughs> yeah. you did good. You did good. I was going to say, this is like the picture you hit 650 against, you know? But, yeah. well, but by the way, Israel didn't blindside me. Uh, go teen it because like I like when we would go back and forth. I guess I never really got your full thoughts on the shiny. I I wasn't and gonna I didn't volunteer know, but them. You thought it was meh. On yeah. It. And yeah, yeah. yeah that, well, that's the joy of the podcast because I'm not gonna. It we is. don't we, we don't is. tip our hand. No, we we never tip our hands until it's time to go over the notes. But I knew Lucky. that. Was a, <laughs> Someone got check raised and full and got caught with his pants down on the fucking uh, on the he got out flopped. But this has been – this was like the Priest Valen and Bill the Butcher fight in Gangs of New York. There was blood. There was – you love that. It's a great film. That – it was blood and guts and strewn, and there's blood and sweat and tears and missing limbs on the battlefield, and one of you walked away. And you kind of do look like Bill the Butcher, Bill. I will say that. That's ironic. I bring like that Bill, Bill, I can't wait to hug you. <laughs> if Bill the Butcher had AIDS, that's me. Yeah, that's uh, right there. Yeah. <laughs> the product everybody owes, everybody pays. The, well, the guys, I got to tell you, man, this was a blast. Yes. And uh, I hope you're sitting for this brain buster. I don't have a lot that I enjoy or look forward to these days as far as the whole life thing is concerned. But this was a lot of fun. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, time. this for is great. sure. For sure. Bill Schultz. Again, where can we find you? What are you up to? Oh, thanks so much, buddy. Uh, unfortunately, I have a co-host named Joanne Nosachinsky. We are on a thing <laughs> called compoundmedia.com, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. I would promote uh, the slightly better Kevin, but uh, yeah, it's on Compound Media. You can't afford not to subscribe. It's very cheap. Like you me. Me, yeah, you see, <laughs> you see me on once a month in the morning show. I love it. And it's a and it's a hoot nanny. Kevin Israel, how about yourself? Where can we find you? And congratulations on your first gutting. Well done, Gav. Yeah, Thank that you. was good. Thank you. Thank you. KevinIsrael.com. Uh, the struggle is real is my album that you can get everywhere. And uh, just keep supporting uh, live comedy where you can see it, a lot of outdoor stuff happening. So hopefully we'll be coming at you soon. And you, of course, need to go out and check out Gutting the Sacred Cow, where you can get yourself a fancy schmancy t-shirt, much like I'm wearing, and Kevin is going to order tonight. Oh, my God. I'm getting one of these fucking shirts. Just leave me alone. <laughs> you're not going to fit into it. It looks like you're doing steroids. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, like, I want your personal trainer. 
Don't worry, we have tank tops too, so don't worry about that. And guttingthesacredcow.com every day has blogs and all that good stuff. And if you have not yet done so, for the love of fucking Christ, write us a five-star rating, a two-sentence review. Bill Schultz, it is always a pleasure Aww, to enjoy you on our show. I here. love you, Billy. You are I love a, you more, brother. You are a gentleman. You know you're wrong. You're a, <laughs> you are a gentleman and a community college scholar, which I love. <laughs> and I'll see you tomorrow. But listen, gutting the sacred cow, we love you more importantly, fans. Thanks again for all your love, your tweets, your accolades, your sharing, and all that good stuff. We can't do it out without you. And lastly, if you're looking to advertise, gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com, hit us up. There you have it. Kevin Goatee, Kevin, I'm oh, sorry, Kevin Goatee and Bill Schultz saying goodbye to Kevin Israel. <laughs> I'm a ghost. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.